I imagine the sound of an ambulance siren is enough to make anyone stop in their tracks. For me, it has a rather visceral effect that leaves me cold, especially if I'm in my car in the dark and I have an indicator on. You see, it was after midnight on Wednesday, 20 July, 2016. I was alone in my car behind the ambulance. It was turning right and I had my indicator on to turn left. As we parted ways, that's when I broke down. Five hours before that, we were getting ready to put Zoe, our almost six-month-old daughter, to bed. Her nighttime routine at that stage involved the bath before she went down a little before eight. And as the host of the afternoon drive show on Good Hope FM at the time, I would generally get home around 10 to 7, leaving just enough time for me to participate in this routine and spend some quality time with my wife, Ruenda, and Zoe, of course. On this night, it was just before 8 p.m., and we had Zoe up on the change table. I was making googly eyes, as I always did, while Rue toweled her down and prepared to get her dressed, and I noticed that Zoe stopped responding. In seconds, her warm bath, rosy pink cheeks went pale, and her lips started to turn blue. Zoe had stopped blinking, and she wasn't responding to anything. In a flash, she was lifeless. I pressed my ear to her mouth and heard her struggling to breathe. What followed was a flurry of panic as we checked for an obstruction in her airways but struggled to pry her mouth open. I started to bounce her naked body against my chest hoping that if it were a wind bubble or maybe reflux from her earlier meal that it would be dislodged. But instead, Zoe just went purple. Now limp in my arms... I lay her down gently, and for a fleeting moment as I looked at her, I thought we had just lost our baby. I listened again and I could hear a faint gasp for air. Rue had the hospital on the phone. I jumped in with mouth to mouth, watching Zoe's tiny chest rise and fall as I breathed life into her body is something I will never forget. We then quickly wrapped Zoe in a blanket, flew down the stairs, chased our dogs out the house, and started the car. At some point on the drive to the hospital, I began to chant, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I could hear Rue sniffing through her tears on the back seat as she cradled Zoe. Charging into the very unflattering fluorescent light of the emergency room and fearing the worst is when Zoe began to cry. She was breathing. Had we, as first-time parents, overreacted? Was CPR even necessary? And if not, why had she stopped responding? Blood tests were ordered and doctors started hunting for answers. It wasn't until midnight that doctors said Zoe was looking fine and we could go home. Or we could choose to be transferred to a hospital with a pediatric ICU. Although this story began over four years ago, I'm only just beginning to tell it. Because Zoe keeps rewriting paragraphs and defying doctor's predictions for her life. Having a daughter with special needs has definitely taken me and Rude down a road less traveled. With each passing day, Zoe shows us how unstoppable she is in her quest to live her life. 
Zoe is my inspiration. And I hope through her story and the stories that my guests share on this podcast, we can motivate one another to rise up and defy the odds. I want Unstoppable to become a community of tenacious people. And I hope through the show, we'll get the opportunity to share tips and tricks with one another. In this episode, I speak with a good friend of mine, Grant Hines. I met Grant in 2009 when my commercial radio career was just beginning. As a video gamer and digital entertainer, Grant has certainly chosen a career path that is less traveled. He's worked in several areas of media and content creation, which gives us a lot to talk about and to learn from. We chat about criticism in the creative world and overcommitting. We also cover dealing with bullies, plus get his advice on a one-year plan. From Uncover Extraordinary Media, this is unstoppable. Let the journey begin. You remember that meme that was doing the rounds a while ago about um, careers and jobs, and it had like, I think it had like a few frames, and each frame was meant to represent how people viewed what you do for a living, like, um, like what my thing, my friends think I do, and um, what my mom thinks I do, and what my boss thinks I do, and what I actually do. Do you remember that thing? Yes. So, how would you complete the meme? How would I complete it? Wow, that's yeah. actually a tough one. Um. So what do your friends think you do? So my f- friends think I play video games all day. Okay, so <laughs> what does your mom think you do? Uh, my mom thinks I play video games all day, but somehow <laughs> I'm probably conning the world. Uh, I don't know. And I guess you don't really have a boss, but I mean, what do your clients think you do? I think they're the most happiest with me over everybody because they just see me as the person that goes to talk to the kids at school. It's, I think they think I'm a prefect. They go like, okay, these are... Our- you know what I mean? These are, he knows what to say to them. You know, I'm happy with that. And, and so then in, in your words, what do you actually do? Well, I do a, a lot of things. I am an entertainer, a digital media entertainer. I think that's the best way to put it. And I um, use different platforms that are digital instead of broadcast, uh, like, you know, radio or television. Just to entertain people like, like you would. So if you, if you look at TV people, I do that, but on the internet. How did gaming become like a full-time gig for you? And if it's not a full-time gig, what should people know about your chosen career that, that you'd like to get off your chest, Grant? Well, I didn't go ahead and look for this job. This job kind of happened to me. And I think that all interesting jobs, that's kind of what, what happens. I, I have a philosophy that I, I run by a one-year plan. And I, the, the way I choose my work, I'm in a very fortunate position to do this because I'm still single. Um, and I, have, I don't really have any like major, major responsibilities, but I, I make sure that the, I take work that inspires me over work that pays me well. And the, the reason I did, I, I did that early and why I continue to do that is that if I'm passionate about the thing that I'm working on, I believe that it will, it will start generating money. At some point, I've just got to be dedicated to making that thing generate money. So rewind, I was a storyboard artist for a cartoon show, something I never studied to do. It was something that I uh, kind of fell on. There was a huge 
uh, there was a huge recession when I graduated, uh, and I needed to find work and there were, there were no jobs, uh, going around. So, uh, I found somebody that, uh, that was looking for an illustrator. I love to illustrate. I thought, Hey, this would be cool. My mom was upset with me at the time. Cause she was like, but isn't is this, what did you study? Did you study this? You should go into advertising. That's what you studied. And I was like, Hey, this looks like it'd be like a huge amount of fun. Let me, let me do that. Um, so I did it. And then while I was working there, it just so happened to be a live TV studio as well. Something I never thought I'd be working in. And somebody came running up to me about a year into me working there because I was so passionate about games. They said, listen, we've had somebody that was supposed to be on TV uh, talk about this video game tomorrow, shoved the disc in my face and said, if you want to do it, you can do it and you can keep this game, but we really need somebody for tomorrow. And I had like 10 seconds to decide. I just said yes i suppose like uh, i had all these reasons not to i had friends coming over that evening i had all these excuses lined up that i shouldn't have done it but i did it i had a friend come around with a with with the console i was on xbox 360 i didn't own an xbox 360 in fact this was the first time i would have ever played on an xbox 360 and uh, i had a really good friend who just came through with the xbox thought it was a cool thing that happened we played a little bit of the game i uh installed it on the on the system at the tv studio in the morning and uh, we hit live i'd never been on live tv before never done broadcast and they were like do you want to do that again next week and i was like yes let's let's do it and that was the start of a career that i never thought would ever happen so i always i started seeing opportunities where video games were needed uh in the entertainment space and i would just make my self-available i'll just be like hey do you need somebody hey do you need somebody and nine times out of ten you get turned down nine times out of ten your idea doesn't like generate any uh fruit but everybody on the outside everything he does is successful that's not true like 10 percent of what i do is successful the rest of the 90 percent is not but that's okay at least I'm, I'm 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 shooting for the head you know what i mean Ow. shooting for the stars come on that's a lot more polite shooting for the stars oh. and aiming it I, i'm a gamer i'm a gamer you gotta aim for the head you gotta get the head shot uh, that's true and and i didn't turn you down full disclosure here grant was on my radio show many many years ago um and um we're not here to talk about that we are talking about your career and you as an inspirational individual but while we are on the subject of your career and how it's developed um, from, I mean, what a story. Who would have thought it would have started there? Uh, You've traveled around the world now with regards to gaming and uh, and, um, MC work and and all sorts of insights and behind the scenes and giving people analytics with regards to YouTube. And while we're talking about this specifically, what is your connection to uh, Joe Sugg, uh, Casper Lee and the rest of that YouTubing clan? So people can just understand that from here on out. Yes. Okay. So that was quite a big um, big transition in my career. I, I, I when we connected, we connected at a company called Zupi. Uh, for the audience listening, that I'm talking about Sean and I. Um, I brought Sean on as a guest on one of my internet shows that I, I was doing. It was probably one of the, the most interesting jobs that I've ever had, um, where I worked for a company broadcasting um, video game content, four episodes a week in an era when let's plays the phrase let's plays was not invented yet but we understand let's plays as a, as a genre of youtube right now but back then there were no words for the things that we were making you know we're just coming up with content and making it and it was a very cool playful time in my mind and in my in my in my, in my history i look back on it super fondly and i brought sean on as like the celebrity guest he was a dj uh, on on go to at the time 
and um, we became friends through that process. And and Sean, because you had met me in that space, always connected me with with being a digital person. Whereas like I before that I wasn't. This is the first actual foray into digital world. Um, so after that company went under, I I went on your radio show. I was a guest there. I was a, I did stuff on um, uh, SABC and and ETV. And uh, Sean and I would uh, often do walks on uh, the promenade as like a meeting in inverted commas. We just we just go have a walk. We just mm. have like a free mind <laughs> session. And Sean was like, you know, this is funny story. I, I used to teach swimming and uh, at the school, and the principal got hold of me. And there's a kid there with two hundred thousand like followers on 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 this thing called youtube like what is that a big deal and obviously sean and sean and i and sean knew that what a big deal it was and also knew that i had done video content so it was like you should talk to this guy so um i got hold of him on twitter and he got back to me and we followed each other and um uh we met up in cape town because he was on his way to cape town and he was still in um high school this was so 200,000 subscribers if you're thinking of casper lee and 200,000 subscribers he's he's now sitting on i think he's sitting on 10 million or close to it um yeah i mind boggles I, I mean so a lot of people who know him now didn't think of him with 200,000 subscribers but in south africa at that stage to be a content creator and have 200,000 subscribers was a massive deal especially if you hold digital media in high regard which i did so i was like wow this kid is this kid is popping off as we say in the video game world um i've, I've got to find out what's happening what did he do how did he do it and it sparked this this idea in my head that the things that i was doing at zupi which was the company that i was working at that where sean came in the digital video i could do that stuff on youtube full-time i never thought of i actually never had considered that an option until i'd met casper so i, I like i you know I, that that seed started growing the more i we, we chatted and the closer friends we became and the more insight that he provided me we're very different kinds of content creators so it doesn't not everything that he's he's, he's given me instruction on has helped me particularly but it's given me perspective. It gave me a lot of inspiration and perspective into how to build my channel uh, correctly and properly. So, I, and I've met a, a lot of British YouTubers through him, uh, like all the sidemen, which are the biggest gaming guys in the UK. Uh, Josh Sugg, uh, Josh Peters, who's now, <laughs> who's also a South African, who's now also just like we, over Popped a million off. subscribers. Popped off, as we say. <laughs> yeah. Popped off is a nice phrase. Okay, listen, so the, the podcast is called Unstoppable, and th so far we have already come to learn that you are very much unstoppable, having moved from one career to the next. Um, we, we know about the gaming, we know about the YouTubing. Would you say there is a moment, or, or is there a defined moment when you would consider you'd had a breakthrough? If you're, if you're kind of changing things and taking opportunities as they come along, by now you know what you're doing, right? You know you have some goals that you're chasing. Um, do you think there's a, a moment that you consider, okay, I've made that breakthrough now, now we're moving in this direction? Um, no, not at all. Um, I, and I think that's, look, you have these moments of like, there's a clearer path from the path that you took. And you know that like there's, there's opportunities that you should pursue because they make sense. But I think for the rest of my life, it's going to be very hard to go, this is who I am. Like okay. I don't have an identity in my job. I don't. Have, I don't consider my work an identity, and that's that's probably one of my favorite things. It's like I do do stuff in my job, and this may change next year. I might not be doing this, but it's like it's like skiing. It's also 
I don't know, what's cooler? Snowboarding. It's like snowboarding. You're going down a hill and the terrain will change, but you've got to be good at snowboarding or good at what you're doing in order to navigate that terrain. I can't choose my future. I, I can't choose if I'm going to get cancer. I can't choose if I'm, uh, if the internet is still going to be valuable, if Twitch succeeds or not. I have no, I've got no control over that stuff. So the best thing that I can do with myself is to be as agile and as good a snowboarder in this space as possible. And that means that I have to educate myself on high level ideas. What is good content? What is good? Um, uh, what is compelling? What, what has stood the test of time? It's the same. You're a radio DJ. So for those of you guys listening, Sean is like a very accomplished radio DJ in South Africa and doing podcasts means that you are taking learnings, accomplished learnings that you've done on terrestrial stuff and applied it to podcasts. And that makes the podcast more successful than somebody that's just jumped into podcasts for the first time and thought like, Hey, I'm going to sit around with my friends and eat pizza and drink beer. And this is going to be entertaining. It's not necessarily going to be entertaining. People don't understand that entertainment yeah, is is a is a is a is a learned process. It's something that, that that doesn't happen organically necessarily. And at the same time, it takes a lot of self reflection and objective thinking about what you're producing to make something uh, entertaining. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Like I know for, I'm I'm more of an entertainer. I know I've got some business savvy. I know it's probably going to be in gaming. Gaming's probably not going to fall away. What does the gaming broadcast landscape look like in a year's time? I don't know but I'm probably going to be agile enough to fit into that space, hopefully, uh, uh, before anything dies. Uh, so two things. Thanks for the plug there. I'm, I owe you. Um, and secondly, <laughs> you can pay me and, later. And secondly, we're hoping it's good, uh, the podcast. And then thirdly, there were actually three things. The thing you said right at the beginning about not being defined by what you do is so powerful that I, I almost want you just to repeat that because I've in many conversations I've had with people in the past, it is... Um, when you get introduced um, or you make an introduction, I am so-and-so, I'm a teacher or whatever the, the case might be, I'm a television presenter. And then that becomes your your identity. And then when that thing gets taken away from you because you're no longer contracted to present on television, you feel like you have you don't know who you are anymore. Um, so I just wanted to, to echo what you'd said right at the beginning there about you're not defined by what you do. Um, I think that's very powerful. Yeah, and, and it's it's dangerous to define yourself by what you do because, as you know, especially in entertainment, what you do lasts for a very brief moment, and yeah. that that thing changes. And if you are, if your security or if your if your self identity is locked into this one position that you hold for like a year or two, then you're going to feel very bad. You're going to fall into really like deep-seated uh, moments of depression. And it's happened mm. to me in the past. And mm. I've had to unlearn that and go like, cool, this isn't me. This is, this is a part of what I do. And I just, I'm a passionate, I'd rather be passionate about what I'm actually doing and excited. And that thing that I'm passionate about, will, will but th that is way more fulfilling than me getting or getting defined slapped a label on uh you know uh, that i do right now like th that's not how my close friends see me and that's not how i i want to 
consider myself valuable to the world and i need to work on those things rather than um <laughs> than find myself in uh, my value hinging on something completely outside of me which i've yeah. got no control over again yeah a, a job um i know you've obviously you've said numerous times now you're exceptionally passionate and i was gonna go in there and say um i know you as a confident go-getter that's outspoken and and exceptionally creative with with strong opinions and clear objectives have you always been like that? Um, yes, actually. I've been very um, unapologetically excited about things. And I know that like, when I'm inspired by something, you know, when you're, when you're a teenager, you kind of hold a lot of those things back because you don't want to be judged. And, uh, you know, I think that happens in like the schooling system. Like you, you, you get, you get very self-critical about yourself and you don't want to like reveal too much of yourself. But I made a, I made a call that with myself that, uh, I, I just want to be me. Like I want to do the things that I'm excited about. And if that is like play video games, uh, that'll be great. There was a moment in varsity where I was very excited about a game that was coming up. It's called game, so most people uh, in the gaming world will know about it. And I was talking about it for months on end at Varsity. And somebody, I'm just excited, running around, just getting super pumped. Uh, and somebody, an older guy, came in the class, just said in front of the whole class, like, Grant, you need to get laid. In front of all these, like, really beautiful, like, students my age. Like, people, like, I was like, What? And I, and I felt quite down about it, but I, I, gave, I gave myself a lot of self-reflection. I was like, you know what? Like, this is more important to me than getting laid. Like, like if, that, if that's what the metric is. Like, this thing that I'm excited about is magical, and it's magical to me. And if, they, if other people don't get it, that's actually on them. They're missing out on something because they've opted in to block something from their existence. And... I just I decided there and then that I'm going to be unapologetically excited about stuff regardless of what people say. And it's, that's kind of that was that was a moment that I had at university with some uh self-reflection for like a couple of days and I made that call and I'm I think I'm a better person because of it. Yeah, that's that's um that's courageous and brave um to do that because a lot of people could uh crumble under that sort of criticism. And and especially when I mean was it Bowling for Soup who's saying high school never ends. Um there's always going to be that sort of criticism out there. Do you find the attention that you get nowadays on social media because of course you are a digital entertainer? Do you find that there is a fair amount of negative criticism that comes through via these platforms? And how do you deal with that? By the sounds of things, you're quite, um, uh, I want to say, established in your personality and the, the fact that you know who you are and where you're going and what you're doing. So the outsiders don't matter. Um, what is it like receiving the criticism for being you? I'm sure there are many people that feel like it sucks. Oh yeah, there's, I, I do get criticism. I think people think I'm too excited again. I think people interpret that as, uh, or misinterpret that as uh, being false. That was also mm. something I had to relook at my my excitement and my passion at some stage after after high school when I started doing a lot of TV work because people were like, Grant's fake. He, he can't uh, be that excited about games. I and understand. I had to sit down and go like, do I, do I rope myself in a bit? And I had like friends and family that were just like, just just be you. We know who you are. Mm. Uh, and like, I don't get this excited about games only. If you sit down with me, I'll get excited about anything. I mean, look at the conversation we had. I, I'll get excited. I'm turning myself down. Uh, you know, but like, 
I will, I will if, if it's if it's important or if I, I was like i've got a new keyboard i was losing myself about this keyboard i was just so excited about it i was just texting people going like the key switches are amazing you know the the the, the rest pad is incredible i love the buttons they made why did they make the buttons on the top so good quality they didn't have to do that you know and like i just I, that's who i am and like uh, regardless of what people the way people perceive you is their problem and you've got to come up with this idea like as long as you are being ethical and you are being considerate and you are being uh, kind to people around you if people misinterpret you or misinterpret your behavior as attention seeking or they give you labels that that's their fault that's not you it's not you being at fault no one asked them to to to, to for you, for them to interpret you as name calling uh, you know what i mean so mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's also like given me the, it gives me the power to just like speak up in, in rooms and, and like stand on stage. Like I've done more research on a lot of the topics that I speak on than most people do. Um, I will, I will hear advice from people, but if people say to me that I don't know what I'm talking about, I've put in more than, I know what I'm talking about. And, yeah. and like, if, 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 if you, if you think I'm being dumb or stupid, that's on you. We'll be right back if i grant gave you a billboard in cape town and said you can slap on an inspirational message yeah right what would your take home message be uh, it's a tough question um um it would probably be like life's too short to mess around you know like the what you have is valuable there's no such thing as a typical day, I don't suppose, in the life of Grant Hines. And now with lockdown, maybe there's more of a routine. Do you have a routine? Um, not really. I, I well, the routine is is usually informed by uh, like what needs to be done that day. So I'll usually wake up and I'll have like a a, a, a task list, and then I'll kind of just make sure it all just fits into that jar of the day. So um, today I've got this podcast, uh, and then I. Uh, pushing up a video live and then I've got a live stream and then I've got to do some exercise. Um, and I might, uh, I might film another video actually. That's also on the cards. In terms of organization then, or being organized, do you, do you write yourself a list? Like I have a book in front of me that has stuff written in it on each of the days and I try and, you know, track them and then scratch them out. Do you have a digital way of doing that? Do you have a pin board or is it just stored in your head? Um, it's a little bit of everything. I mostly, I like Google calendars a lot. It keeps me, um, it's kind of like your boss and it keeps you, um, I don't know, like dedicated uh, and, and disciplined. But I, I like to choose like five or six things that I can do throughout the day that I won't forget. So that is manageable. Anything extra, I kind of write down. I write them down, but I'll have extra stuff. And maybe those extra things will carry over to the following day. But if I can't remember those things, then I probably am overcommitting my workload for that day. Uh, so that uh, because I have a problem, I do a lot. I overcommit really fast. And, uh, and I, and, and because I overcommit, I don't do a lot of work properly. So I, by, by me doing that, it allows me the, you know, the, the freedom to, to know that I, I, what I'm doing is right without, without burning myself out. 
It's a very good strategy because I find myself, if I'm trying to remember things, I play them over in my head over and over and over again. And it's almost like every time I remember the thing for the second or third time, it's a new bullet point on my mental list, mm. which makes me feel exceptionally anxious. So I tend to write things down so that I can see them one below the other. Whereas you've gone, if I can't remember the thing, it's not important enough. And it's not the most important yeah. thing to get done. It look, it like sometimes I write things down and then I go through that session and then I write down like 30 things. And then sure. a, a, as a result, that book becomes a, a, a place of anxiety for me because I look at it and go like, okay. I'm not getting through all this stuff. So instead yeah. of that, like I'll, I'll take like five things that I can bite. That's like, it's a, it's a manageable amount of work. It's better than me doing no work. It's better than me doing too much work. It's, it's better for me to just take that series of things, handle it that day, and then tell someone I'll do it the following day. So like, I'll get invited to a podcast like this or something and I'll go like, I'll just push it because the idea of it, like it could technically potentially fit in, but then we're like, then I'm biting off more than I can chew that day. That podcast is yeah. not going to be great. Um, everyone's going to be crammed into that, to those time slots. And then I'm not going to get, I'm not going to be productive before you know it. Like you've done three, three podcasts, um, uh, part of a live stream and you haven't cooked dinner yet. You know, and I know yes. cooking dinner doesn't sound like it's something that needs to be done, but it does. Like it has yeah, to be it on the time. It has to be on the schedule. Um, <laughs> so like it, and that, that way it, it allows me breathing space to go like, okay, these five things I'll get done during the day. Um, but I still have, I'll still have space, a breathing room to cook. I'll still have breathing room to go to the toilet. I'll still have breathing room to like have a, like a 20 minutes to dine with a cup of coffee and think like I need to do those things for my mental health. Um, I like it. Um, and then, and then I don't have like a book that's like, like leering over me telling me that there's too much to do. I'll, the book listens to me. I'll tell, I'll tell the book what's in it. You tell the book. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah. Book. Sit down. When you think of the word successful, who comes to mind? Um, Bill Gates. Bill Gates is probably the person that comes to, to mind with me as successful. I think he's, um, he's managed to take uh, like his utilitarian like worldview of trying to help as many people as possible, uh, quit his job at uh, Microsoft and dedicated his life to, to that part of it, which I think is, is a form of success. You know, he's managed to, in many ways, um, and other, oh, there'll be controversial opinions on this, but I think in many ways created like a moral work environment and work ethic, something to, to, for people to aspire to. We often work in, in companies, uh, despite their morals, um, you know, in the tech industry, we'll overlook like cobalt mining, uh, for, for, for like chipsets and in, um, if you work in the social media industry, you'll overlook like data mining and how Facebook and Google are uh, manipulating data to uh, exploit us, <laughs> essentially. Um, yeah, so it's, I think he's been able to do that pretty well. And do you think of the same person when I say inspirational? Um, yeah, actually, uh, I, think, I think inspiration, yeah. Look, or is there someone else? Look, from a business perspective, he's definitely the most inspirational person that I can think of, um, because he's managed to do the the things that you that you want to compartmentalize. You know, you go on the weekends, I'm doing my charity work, and then on the weekdays, I'm doing my other work, and he's managed to go like, okay, cool. How do I like put all these passions together into one? You know, mm -hmm. to do good and to run and help businesses that want to do good. You know, there's like a, 
there's a lot of antagonism to like the green economy or like like greenwashing or you know trying to help the 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 country uh or help the world like uh, uh, like with 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 economics and i think uh, there, there is a way to do that and it's not traditional and you needed to take somebody where who can take the risks and he could, you know, financially. What would you say are some of your success habits? We've already spoken through about, you know, not taking on too much uh, or trying your best not to take on too much. Um, some of the things that you've become quite habitual with um, and that have proved to work out really well for you, what would you say they are? Um, the one-year plan thing has been really important to me, um, and it's hard, it's hard to, to stress the importance of it, but um, you, we get taught at school that you need a five-year plan, you need to... And there's a lot of value to those things. I'm not gonna. Mm. I'm not gonna lie. Like, like if for financial reasons, potentially, like investing for five years has got a lot of value. But if you make decisions like that, will settle you down for more more than a year. You stop your ability to be agile. And I think that cultivating a, a sense of agility in myself to. Um, yeah, so cultivating a sense of agility within me to 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 take up opportunities that come because that that's what ends up happening. Like very very quickly, things thing, things happen uh, without your control, and um, and opportunities will be presented to you. And if you are not quick thinking on your feet to either say yes or no, or what is relevant and what isn't relevant, then um, you 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 can miss out quite quickly. Um, so I, I, I highly recommend like the, the one year, the one year thing, um, so that you can just make, make calls. Um, I think working on yourself is also very important. You forget that we, we always think about working on the career, uh, as it's, mm. as, as it's a separate entity or something, but the working on yourself allows you to react to work outside of you, especially the work that we kind of do, it's not boxed off. It's not um, something you can study in university. It's not, um, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's ever-changing. It's not, it's not set in stone. So if, you yeah. are, if you're set in stone, which you will be if you choose to do the five-year thing, for instance, then you won't be able to fit into the industry. But if you're, if you're somebody that is more amiable and open to like new challenges and taking risks, then you're able to... I don't know, you, you, to explore things that you, you wouldn't have explored if you took your high school teacher's advice. Um, so that's, that, that working on yourself is, 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 is exceptionally important. Yeah. Uh, you speak about recommendations. Is there a book you would recommend, Grant? Uh, the one that I'm going to be writing after this. Um. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're not at the plug section of the podcast yet. My fictional okay, story. We're getting there still. Um, yeah. I, you know... Any book that you would recommend people should read that you've read that you thought was really good? Um, the, there's a book called Sapiens or another one that's followed up called uh, um, Homo Deus. It's by a uh, author named Yuval uh, Noah Hariri. He's, he's an Israeli historian. And um, because of that, he breaks down history of humanity pretty well it kind of puts things in perspective quite easily for you going like oh wow all these things that i think are super important to me right now aren't and then homer deus was interesting from a business perspective for myself because it opens up a 
a way of thinking about the the future of humans that 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 we should be addressing if we're if we're thinking of starting up businesses now going into the future um and the way we create content um because i think it's the way that a lot of businesses are thinking top line but we're just not privy to that uh and the same he wrote he wrote another book actually this is probably the best book to read it's called 21 questions for the 21st century and it's it's much easier to read than both of the homo deus and sapiens uh it's easier to digest but it's also very potent like every page has got like wow droplets of wow in it uh that will make you think and i think thinking laterally is a, a very important part of um of of good business sense you know i Adversity. We uh, I studied art direction. I think I mentioned that earlier. But there was a module in our course called uh, conceptual thinking, and to this day, it was in first year, and to this day, it's probably the 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 module that helped me the most with everything in my life, because although it seems so abstract when I was doing it, it was just abstract like like thinking. The more problems I solved abstractly. Uh, in 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 college the better like the better my projects ended up being but also the same approach can be handled with anything um in the real world so if you want to get sponsored by a brand you think that there's this railway line in order to get sponsored you think that your your mind everyone's mind naturally thinks is an a b c d pathway to get sponsored but in fact there isn't (laughs) it's a problem that needs a lateral solution and that lateral solution can change depending on the perspective that you're sitting in. So you might have special access to certain people. You might um, uh, need draw up a, a proposal that targets that particular brand in a way that you weren't expecting. A brand, uh, I don't know, might be affected by something like COVID-19, but yeah. still needs to spend their marketing budget. And there's, a, there's always an opportunity to go like, okay, cool. How do I... How, how do I tap into that company's needs and tell them in a way that makes sense? And how do I present to them? A good example of, uh, of all of this was uh, so I knew of somebody in um, that uh, was studying, um, uh, you know, advertising, and it was really hard to get a job. So their solution was to print out their portfolio onto business cards. So just mm-hmm. like every every ad print ad that they'd done, this was this was ten years ago. So every print ad that they'd done, their big big stuff was put into a, a, a wallet. He bought a wallet, put it in the wallet. Then the front the front card, he business card, he put in a um, a business card for a a big creative director at an agency. Walked up to the security desk at uh, at that agency and said, "Hey, listen, I found this wallet on the floor. I think it belongs to this person." because of the business card and the security was like oh my goodness i'm so like that's hectic so the security took the wallet up to the to the creative director's office and said here's your <laughs> somebody picked up your wallet and said no it's not my wallet. it can't be opened it up found this person's portfolio got the job wow. so there was always a lateral solution it seems uncanny but to like just because somebody doesn't want to see you if you try hard enough or if you think that there's a way to do it do it what a story like that what person, a story. Well, that person stood out for, for like, you know, thousands of applicants for that job position because they tackled the job application in a way that was unconventional. And I think that everything we do, brands appreciate. If you tackle a solution unconventionally, the brands you work with really appreciate it. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Um, that is a phenomenal story. Tell me that person's gone on to lecture as well and teach other people skills like that. 
I doubt it. I doubt yeah, it. I bet okay. you they're in, in, in a can somewhere on a yacht. <laughs> Living it up. Yeah, they, they've, they've, done their, they've done their time. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, we've covered this extensively already, but you are an exceptionally creative guy. And I know you were in a band many moons ago. What? Sean, you're digging up, you're digging up the darkness. How did you get into music? Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to tell you some stuff that you don't know. Um, and <laughs> Sean knows a lot about me. Okay. I'm ready. So my father and his brothers, my uncle, they used to be professional musicians. They toured the country playing Bob Dylan covers when he was 21, 22 in hotels uh, and such. My family is very musically oriented, uh, oriented especially on my uncle's side. Um, I have three cousins two of them um are professional musicians in a uh, um uh in their own bands mm-hmm. um aiden and ren and then my ul- my oldest cousin he's in a band called watershed which mm. is a is a quite a popular south african band um I mean, probably very well known yeah yeah have a following. They have a following, yes. Yeah, and his name is following. his name is Craig Hines. <laughs> the thing is, um, they're all musically talented when it comes to instrumentation. So they all uh, are great guitarists, or um, I think they play piano. I'm sure they can. Um, Craig has a great voice. Craig does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's got a good voice. Um, yeah. Great songwriter too. Um, but I, uh, I never picked up those jeans. I started playing the guitar, and then I just realized I, it, it just it took too long for me. I could have got into that realm, I, but I, I don't have the best singing voice. And also, the music I was really into is very, con- again, contradictory to um, what a lot of uh, my family are into. So I got into uh, like rap music very young in junior school. So junior school here is like our junior, junior, not junior high. Yeah, kind of like grade six, grade seven. Mm, mm. Um, and then in high school, so I listened to a lot of uh, rap. Uh, my parents, you know, they weren't very happy with it. Um, um, and uh, when I got into high school, I got into punk rock. Um, and I loved Blink-182 and got into a punk band. So I started, I, but I'm useless at singing and you actually kind of need to sing. I thought that you didn't. Um, uh and my, but we had a rap song that we did in our, like, like a rap core song. And my mom okay. was like, my mom's very brutally honest with me. So okay. she just said, Hey, listen, um, by the way, you can't sing, but like big ups to you for standing on stage and belting it anyway. But that one song of yours, that rap core song, that's pretty good. You can rap. Wow. So I got into, I got into rapping and, uh, uh long story short, we, re- we released like three, three albums, uh, wow. like independently. Uh, just, yeah, you know, ripping them and getting our friends to buy them and sending them through to radio stations to play. You sure have done a lot, huh? And when you put your mind to something, you go ahead and do it. So what about if you were a wrestler, like WWE yes. vibes, right? What, what would you name yourself? What would your wrestler name be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think Arcadia. How's about that? And I, and I, and I, one of my moves would be to bring in like a retro arcades and throw them over people. <laughs> okay. You have thought about this. I, I just, I just thought about it now. This is a great concept. Let's continue. I'll have like uh, <laughs> Pac-Man pants, tight Pac-Man tight pants. And yes, every, yes. T- and every time I come into the, uh, to the arena, you know, you have your posse, they'll all just be people cosplaying as different video game characters. 
and then and then just before you do your signature move, the crowd goes, finish him. Yes, yes, excellent. That's great. No, we've done. Where do you sign me up? Let's say you are actually a wrestler, Grant, and you have an intro song. What song would that be? Um, uh, I wish by Skilo. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a bowler. I wish I had a girl with a big uncle. Yeah, nice. that one, that one. And look at that. Your mom was right. You can rap. <laughs> okay. Uh, Heinzi, plug time. Where can people find you? How do they get hold of you? You can follow me. If you just search Grant Heinz, H-I-N-D-S, um, on any platform, um, you'll find me, actually. There aren't any others, right? Of what? Oh, Grant Hines. Oh, no. Yeah, I think there might be. I don't think it's, a, I think it's like an unusual name. How often do you Google yourself? Uh, I'm going to do it right now and just find out. Um, yeah, I, 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 there are other, yeah, there are other Grant Hines here. I can see them. Well, you, my friend, are the one and only unstoppable Grant Hines. Thanks so much for being a guest on the very first podcast. Legend. Thank you. This was amazing. I'm really excited about this podcast. It's going to pop off. Hey friends, a quick thank you for listening. It really means a lot to me. Uh, as I said in the beginning of the podcast, I really want Unstoppable to become a community of people. Uh, and I hope through the show, we will all develop a stronger mindset and become a little bit more tenacious in how we tackle our lives. Uh, seek out the good stuff, right? And choose to be unstoppable. Remember to subscribe now and share this episode with someone you love. Uh, you can also join the community on Instagram uh, at the Unstoppable Pod and check us out online www.uncoverextraordinary.co.za. Um, thank you once more for listening. My name is Sean Lewitz. We'll speak again next week. Bye.